You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, yoga teacher. Today's episode is an on-air coaching call where I take a fellow teacher through a mini strategy session. These on-air coaching calls are a fascinating peek into the brains and lives of other yoga teachers. The teachers who participate are incredibly generous and brave to allow me to share their session on the podcast, and I have so much respect for them. Let's jump right into this on-air coaching call, and I will see you on the other side. Welcome to the podcast, Nev. Thank you so much. What a manifestation come true. (laughs) So what would you like to focus on today? The main thing that I'm working on right now in my yoga pursuit is what is the offering that I want my business to be about, basically. Um, And the reason for that is because I really don't want to open a studio that is simply drop in or, you know, package of like unlimited amount or similar like that. I'm looking to develop something that goes much deeper than that. And I'm confused, even though I have some ideas, I'm confused how to make a structure out of it or how to even begin. Okay, great. I would love to help you with that. This is not necessarily a specific structure that I have experience in. So we'll just, just think of me as a thought partner and We'll brainstorm together and we'll see what we can come up with. Perfect. So give me some background. Tell me a little bit about what led you to this place and what your vision is for what you're trying to create. I want to say what led me is practicing at a lot of different studios, meeting with a lot of different studio owners, teachers, instructors, practitioners, and everybody in the field. And I saw a lot of similarities between a lot of different places. And as well, at the same time, I saw a gap that I would like to bridge within how I envision my teaching and guidance to be within the yoga world. And yes, I haven't seen something like this before, which is, again, why it's a little bit hard to put a structure around it and to envision what it's going to flow like but at the same time it's very exciting because of that because I don't know if there is something um, similar at least again that I have come across thus far. So what is your vision? What do you have so far? So it's definitely the vision is very clear. I literally don't even have to close my eyes. I see that brick and mortar. I see the studio and not to go into details of what aesthetically it looks like because that's not the most important right now, but it is going to be a physical space um, where I will be meeting with clients. Now, the offering, the service, if you will, from what I envision right now is something of a, say, three or six or however many months long process. And I envision us meeting at least, say, three to five even days a week. And each day of the week, we are focusing on something different. So for example, my idea was that day one, we focus on, say, 
just pranayama, so just breathing. The day two, we focus on just meditation. Day three, we focus on physical practice and asana. Day four, we take a little break from everything and we have like a dance party because music plays a big role in my in my teaching, my sequencing. It's like it's kind of like my little flair, if you will, which I have been having getting really good feedback on since I've been teaching for the last year. So there definitely has to be a musical aspect to it. And then day five, we kind of like review what all of these past days have been like and what my client is going to be working on for the next week. And based on what we come together as sort of like a homework, if you will, for that, based on that is what I create for the following week for us to work on. And then that informs how I structure each of those days for the following week. And as well, the, the, homework, the homework part as well, it's going to include, of course, some journaling and reflecting on everything physically, emotionally, energetically, and all of the different cautious of the body, of course, how do they interact? So is this going to be a one-on-one offering? It's going to be almost like a hybrid. One-on-one is going to be where we meet. And of course, the idea is that they're all going to be the same length each day that we meet. Each class is going to be 90 minutes. So I envision that the clients with me meet one-on-one, except for the day, say, four, whatever it looks like, when we have the collective group and dance party. And that also brings together the sense of community and building and also giving the students the opportunity to go through how they're all in the, where they're all in the process and help each other. So I envision only say say one, maybe two, I'm not sure, but from what I'm thinking right now, one of those would be a group session. Okay. So this is a very intensive offering. And the first thing that pops into my mind as far as logistics is how many people could you possibly work with at once doing this? I don't know. I mean, five, you know, less than 10, I guess. It's, it's hard to say, but not more than this, I would assume. Okay. So you have five clients at once and you're saying it's a three to six month process. What would each of these five people need to invest in order for it to be sustainable for you? Do you mean financially? That's definitely uh, a big question mark for, for me right now. I don't have in place, you know, the logistics of the rent, any overhead or anything like that right now. As as I mentioned, this is really just like a beginning thought, idea, vision, dream and all of that. So it's hard to say what the financial would be, but definitely because it's a smaller group, it's definitely on a higher end. Plus, the offering is so extensive, like you mentioned, that it's not something that is going to be probably less than... $2,000 per person. I don't know. I'm really kind of like almost like pulling it out of thin air, to be honest. Well, I think that this is an important thought exercise to go through. And I think we need to reverse engineer it to see what is this really going to look like? We're going to have to make up some numbers, but the number we need to start with is what is your bottom line of what you need to earn separate from expenses? What do you need to earn over the course of, let's just say it's a three month offering. Okay. I would say for me monthly to have no less than income, no less than $3,000 from this. Okay. So you want to make $9,000 over the course of three months. And I think that I'm talking about 
income, right? Yeah, you know, not revenue, yeah. but income. Yeah. So already, if you had five people each paying $2,000 for the whole program, that's only 10000 That only gives you $1,000 for expenses. And given that you are in a large metropolitan area, these numbers are not adding up. Okay. Meaning that the amount that the student would have to pay would have to be much higher or that my initial revenue would have to be significantly lower. So it's either all right. Yeah. I mean, what I know about the real estate market in the area where you live is that you could easily spend 9000 a month on a space. I don't think you can plan this out until you know what your rent is going to be because it's such a significant expense. What you're talking about is basically a full-time job. Teaching five people five days a week, that's basically a full-time job right there. So I think you need to develop this in a smaller way before you could make it bigger. So one thing I would think about is, first of all, your, your first one person at a time. If you could practice this program with one person, maybe in their home, so that you don't need to rent a space, I think that would start to give you insight about how you want to grow it. And so you're saying that that would be sort of like step number one to actually like have the proof of concepts, if you will, to have someone go through the program. And then when I have proven the concept and have gained some momentum, then say, okay, now with all of this knowledge and experience that I have, of course, I'm sure that throughout that process, the offering itself is going to morph a lot because of, you know, based on what works and what doesn't. And then from there, say, okay, now I feel like I'm ready to bring this to, a, you know, a larger number of people and bring that into physical space. Maybe, but I'm not seeing a physical space in these numbers. Right, because that's what I'm saying. So so like later on, once the, the concept has proven and all of that, I don't even know how long that could be. It's easily a year, right? Then, you know, then I will probably even have the, I don't want to say audacity, but for the lack of a better word, I guess, like to say, well, of course, these numbers don't work. And because I have developed and proven, I can actually charge way more than what I had envisioned. Sure. If you can charge more, then you redo the numbers and you can see then do these numbers work. But until you have a space or at least until you know approximately the amount of rent you're going to have to pay you can't really do the numbers. What you're really talking about is like a micro studio because you want to be the only teacher. You're not talking about like a studio where you're going to employ people. Correct. So what I have seen work for that is generally people creating a space in their own home to work out of. Mm -hmm. So whether that be a gazebo in their backyard, a room in their basement, the front room that they're able to clear out. I know a woman who basically gave her living room over and created a yoga studio in her living room instead of having a living room. That's what I see working for micro studios, especially since you want to work one-on-one -on -one with people. The ability to generate revenue to pay for a space is very difficult one-on-one. -on -one. That makes sense. The paths I see forward are figuring out how to do this without a dedicated space, figuring out how to do this 
where the dedicated space is really reasonably priced for you. Like for example, creating some infrastructure investment that doesn't add to your monthly cost, like teaching someplace out of your home or changing the format so that more of it is groups. So how would the last option, how would that help me besides the, the clear answer, which is like quantity, right? Yeah. I mean, when you're teaching groups, even if you taught one group, let's say you talk one group of five people and they all come at the same time. Well, then instead of paying the whole rent for a space, you could rent like two hours a day in a space, right? You could share space. So you have more money being generated per hour and you have less expenses, less overhead. That's why the group classes have become so ubiquitous. It's economics, unfortunately. And the way that our culture has developed and is developing, everything is influenced by, <laughs> by these forces of economics and capitalism. The people who get to opt out of that are basically hyper-privileged people who get to say, oh, I don't need to make money. So I'm just going to do what I want, <laughs> you know, like that's otherwise everybody is influenced by capitalism. Everyone needs to get their basic needs met. And the only way to do that in the culture we live in is to earn money. Yes, of course. Very, very much true. I think that I might have come into this with the thoughts of like passion and love and peace and, you know, <laughs> the hippie approach to it, if you will. Um, not necessarily that I'm not aware that, you know, finance plays a huge part of this and I'm very organized in that way for sure. Maybe it was just that it was a bit too dreamy to be realistic. But, I, you know, I also don't want to break my own heart by saying like that it's not an option and like, you know, there might be ways around, around it. Look for the essence of this plan and how can you create that essence, maybe in a structure that's different from how you initially envisioned, but retains the essence. I love that. Who knows what's gonna happen with our culture, right? Our culture could radically transform in the ne next 20 years. So I don't know what's gonna be possible in the future. I'm just looking at right now and that's where we are. So I think right now we can tap into that passion and that desire to really serve yoga in a way that is authentic and really beautiful and see how can we draw out that intention and preserve that because the actual details are less important than that core. I really, really love what you said about the essence and how I can use that. And I think that impair with like, what are the values, right? That impair with the values, I think sets a really strong foundation to, to build something that is of a, a dream of mine, if you will, that is that, that strong vision that I have. And, you know, until the day when the physical space perhaps is an, an option, this is a great bridge. Exactly. You know, another way I could see something like this working is in a retreat setting where rather than targeting people in the middle of their busy lives and saying, hey, let's add something to your day every single day of the week, in addition to what you're already doing, if you could partner with a retreat center and you could bring people out of their lives, and this would be probably more for like 30 days at a time or something like that, and they could 
work on their nutrition and resting and walking and being in nature and all kinds of other components at the same time as you do this really deep, intensive yoga immersion. That's definitely something that crossed my mind. And of course, it's almost like a proven thing that that works. The reason behind why I wanted this to be kind of what you're saying, like taking people out of their busy lives to do this is that actual reason. Like I want people to take time consistently out of their busy lives to really invest themselves into self-nurture and care and yoga and practice yoga off of their mat. Like I want to be able to, to show people how that they can practice yoga besides the physical, besides on the mat, besides the 60-minute class. And that's why I was thinking like it would be a prolonged process where really I want to live yoga because that's okay, obviously my passion, right? So that's why that was the idea of like, oh, I want this to be in a sort of like day-to-day -day setting. Okay, here's some other thoughts about how to preserve the essence while creating a structure that might be a bit more realistic. We already talked about potentially having more group components. You could do part of it online. You could do some shorter sessions. You could include some pre-recorded sessions. So what if instead of people coming to this space at the same time every day, each day of the week, what if you had it more like there's a group session one day a week live, each person gets one live private a week. And then there are these online check-ins and potentially some online pre-recorded classes. So for example, if you do a check-in with somebody and it's like a 20 minute check-in and then their assignment is right after that check-in is done to do a 40 or 50 or 60 minute practice or something like that, you could get almost the same experience for them with a lot less travel time for you, a lot less overhead, and even a lot less actual physical time. Right. And then that way as well, that opens doors for quantity, for like simply being able to serve a lot more people. Exactly. I see a lot of potential in these hybrid offerings where we leverage technology for what technology is good for, while also acknowledging what it's missing and bringing that in where it's needed. Right. Then a lot of studios that I go to here now, I see that they are doing hybrid in sense that like they're offering all of the classes that, they, that are happening in person simultaneously. There's definitely, a, you know, a space for that. Okay. I'm definitely not a huge fan of that specific form of hybrid because I think it's really hard to serve both people in person and online equally. 100%. I've already seen that as a bit of a, a drawback, of course. I guess what I'm, I was just saying that the hybrid options are just, you know, they're out there. So it seems like there is that potential that you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that I think is a place where there's potential and it's definitely a place where I think we're going to be growing into mm -hmm. what does hybrid look like? How does hybrid actually work? For sure. I think hybrid works better when we look at the different components of what we want to offer and say, which of these components would work better digitally and which of these components really needs to be in person. Great. 
especially for some of the ideas that I had, like some of them don't have to be in person. If it just makes it a little bit more feasible that some of the components are, you know, either on their own or online or however, that's something to consider for sure. And like we were talking about earlier, I think the first step is working through this concept with your first person so that they can give you feedback and you can see what actually works better and where there's room for improvement in real life. Because I think there's so much potential in our brains, but it's just like when you first start teaching, right? And you plan a class, maybe you think it's gonna be wonderful or you just have this idea of how it's gonna go. And then you get into the room and the people can't do downward facing dog or they just look really confused when you tell them this thing that you thought was gonna be so amazing and fun. So. I think we have to take our concepts and put them into the real world. And that's where they will take on a life of their own in a way. And they'll teach you. Oh, for sure. It just makes me think of any kind of craft. The materials will teach you. Right. Just by doing, you learn. I think it's useful to go into it with that type of attitude of curiosity and openness to the process being your teacher. Because I think that the sticky place we get into is where we get too attached to our vision and then we feel resistant to the lessons that are being up. Yes. I'm pretty sure that a lot of us, not just in the yoga world, of course, can relate to that 100%. It's not clear to me personally what is the next step that I will take. Yeah. And one way that might be useful to think about it is this term minimum viable offer. So this is a really good place to start. What is the simplest way that you could offer this this service while retaining that essence that's important to you? So you can brainstorm that and really keep going back to paring down, paring down, paring down to the essence because you can always build back up from there. That's actually really good. And the first thing that already popped in my mind is like hosting a mini offering that could be only five days spread throughout whatever months, hosted at a studio where I teach. And it's kind of like, you know, a five week or whatever X week series in which I can try proving that concept while already having the clientele because they already know me, they know the studio that, you know, there's already a setting in itself. That's something actually really, really exciting. I love that so much. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You take the simplest version. That's where you want to start, where 25 or 50% of the work's already done for you instead of trying to build this from scratch. Yes. It's like, it's like a workshop that lasts over months. And I've already taken the course from you on like how to build workshops. I've done already some in the past. So I already have that foundation. And now the most important thing would be to lay out what that offering is going to to look like and how do I put it in the construct of a week's long workshop. I feel elated right now just thinking that, you know, I can potentially sooner rather than later work on making that happen. Yeah. That's awesome. No one can see, but I have a very big smile on my face right now. That's very, very exciting. Yes. I'm like, this is just huge, huge light bulb moment. And I'm, wow, I'm just really uh, excited for this right now. 
Yeah, because there was definitely a huge block. It's like, where am I even going to do this? And, you know, like the whole like doing it from, say, you know, home or something like that. That's an option. But I don't have even that option right now. So that's also would have been longer down the road. So this is something that I will definitely start working on. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for bringing your idea and your passion to the podcast. It's been so fun to get to hear a bit about your vision. And yeah, I hope that you will stay in touch and maybe we can do a follow-up at some point (laughs) when we have more information about what the next steps might be. For sure. That would be uh, phenomenal. And I do want to, if that's okay, just to take a minute to emotionally express my tremendous gratitude to everything that I have learned through all of the work from you, from everyone else in the Impact Club and through the podcast and everything. It has been the most the most supportive thing that I could ever ask for as a new yoga teacher. I have been teaching for just over a year. I just passed my year mark, so very, very fresh. But to to have found this and to have found this through the podcast, which I'm speaking on right now, it seems like it's surreal, really. So I'm extremely grateful for, for that. And also, like I said, what you are have done and what you are doing for all of us I cannot express enough gratitude to your openness and support and just authenticity in this. And I'm so, so fortunate to have had this opportunity to continue being part of this. And if if anybody is looking for any support, I would not look a step further. There are many things out there and the way you make it affordable and approachable is also a huge, huge part of it. So thank you so, so much. Thank you, Nav.